once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Yes, this is Wardy Ward back with you again. I got my co-host JB in the building. What's happening with you? What's going on, my people? You know how we do it. Hey, before we get started, let's just have uh, 60 seconds of current events, all right? Uh, first of all, we have WNBA star Brittany Griner. Uh, she could get out of her situation, but Russia wants to do a two-for-one swap. What do you think about that? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, boy, I mean, I want the baby to come home. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about the swap they trying to uh, propose. That's going to be something... That's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough I mean, one. it's tough. It's like chicken nuggets and then filet mignon. It's right, kinda, right. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I'm not trying to call Brittany a chicken McNugget, but that that's just, it, it ain't, it, the math ain't mathing for me. That's all I'm going to say. Right, right. Wish <laughs> on that. Uh, second quick point is uh, Will Smith came out and apologized to Chris Rock finally. But what I found interesting about that was, did you know he has six brothers and one sister, Chris Rock? Oh yeah, his one brother's been talking mad buku cash money stuff mm-hmm. the last few months since yeah, his brother got slapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I didn't know his family was that big. So Will Smith, yeah, he's, back. they're almost like the Waynes. I thought <laughs> they're about as big like the Wayans brothers. Yeah, just not as funny, right? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Okay, last point. Uh, the bishop who got robbed in New York for almost 400000 or $1 million, depending on how you look at it, he's offered $50,000 uh, for the return of his goods, right? But what's interesting is uh, he's currently behind on a uh, company that he owns for 335000 and he has a multi-apartment property in Connecticut that's uh, in default that like for $5 million. Yeah, I've seen that. And did you see the church? Did you see the church? <laughs> Yeah, First saw, of all, he did a too. selfie. He did a, what is it? A selfie talking about this is my prayer room. Mm-hmm. He got Versace and Cindy. Yeah. This is the, he is the prime reason why people don't trust pastors. Yeah, yep. First of all, I'm tithing an offering and my yeah. tithing is going to your offering. I'm trying to figure out where all these Cindy bags came from when I couldn't even get my bills paid. You told me to pray. Right. And I gave you my last little hundred dollars. Did you see his house though? His house is off the it looks dope. I was like, wow. But, you know, that's what it is. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our show because we have a great show today. We have a guest here who's, uh, among many things, he's an NBA PA announcer. He's a diversity and inclusion council leader, a voice artist, a senior product engineer. Wow. And he still has time to be a husband and father. Ladies and gentlemen, please help join us and welcome Mr. Tony Pepper to the show. How you doing, Tony? Well, first of all, the name is Troy Pepper. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at it. I did it wrong. My bad. Troy. Troy. <laughs> yeah, Tony would be my dad. And uh, yeah, he's 
he's an interesting guy. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to edit that out. They ain't even going to know. They ain't going to know I did it. <laughs> uh, all right, Troy, let's get started. Tell us a bit about you, man. Tell us what was you born and raised at, first of all. Well, first off, man, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. I appreciate the invite. You know, you guys are doing some great stuff. And I uh, definitely love to be a part and support my brothers and sisters doing some good content. And I love it, man. I love it. Um, yeah, so born and raised uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I'm a hometown kid. That means I love the Pacers and I love the Colts. I uh, went to Pike High School. Uh, got some college in, IPUI, as well as Indiana Wesley University. And uh, yeah, man, just from the nap town, man. Born and raised. Wonderful. Now, you got any siblings at all? Yeah, I do. I have siblings. So I have two older brothers, family of three. Uh, we all are close in age. Ooh, the baby. Okay. Yeah, I'm the baby. Uh, <laughs> the greatest things happen when the youngest kid, you know, it's just, it's just the greatest kid. At all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were there were any yeah, athletes the in the family? Hand me down. <laughs> Through that, hand me, hand me down is real. Hand me down is real. Uh, but once I got a job, I was able to, you know, flex you know, on them, like, especially in high school. <laughs> um, so you're, you're number three of the. Were there any athletes in your family? Yeah. So me and my brother, we played a little ball, uh, a little football. My oldest one, not so. He was more into um, art. He loved drawing. Pretty good drawer. Uh, but yeah, we got some athletes, uh, musicians as well. My family's a, a pretty musical uh, a family. My dad plays guitar, drums, bass. My brother plays organ. Mm. I play a little keys, a little guitar, drums, a little bit of everything. So athletes, musicians, artists. We're the Pepper family got a lot going on. All right. <laughs> That's what's up. All right. Go ahead, Jay. Do you have a question? So your last name, Pepper, do you get like the jokes of spicy? Oh, man. Flavorful? <laughs> Let me take let me, let me tell you, my whole life has been, if I, you, you cannot make a new pepper joke. Uh, and they're like, Boy, uh, uh, where's the salt? You know, and they say, uh, are you going to be a doctor? Or, you know, yeah, I've heard everything. I'm a pepper. Oh. You're a pepper. <laughs> oh, there man. You, go. you want a funny story? You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So my wife, her maiden name is Belle. Wow. So, so y'all heard, heard it all. <laughs> was Bell Pepper. So, you know, it, I told her we were meant to be. It was just, there it you is. know. <laughs> there it is. Like Ebony and Ivory right there. We got to figure on. out. I might have to connect with you to see if we cousin because your wife and my, my last name, we have the same last name. We have to check that out real quick. Wow. <laughs> yep. Let's get some free tickets. <laughs> All right, Troy. So I understand you're an engineer. Is that your main job, the engineer? Yes, so my main job is a you know, software engineer. Uh, I've been in technology uh, pretty much out of college, so over a decade uh, I've been in the engineering field, um, doing consulting work as well as the back-end stuff, programming, different programming languages like Java, C Sharp, C Plus, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that is my main job. That is what I do for a living, as well as I work for a company called Crow. So I've been there for about 10 years now, this November. Okay. Oh, well, doing that, I do also diversity and inclusion work for them as well. Yeah, I saw that. Awesome, I, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I saw you also um, had a, a long history of uh, positive influence in the community with uh, Crystal Morehouse and the National Association of Black Accountants. Uh, what motivated you to go in those areas? 
far as with, uh, so I grew up, uh, we didn't grow up in the best of areas. Uh, my, a lot of my childhood was in Hallville, uh, in the uh, inner city. And Chris Morehouse was really a nonprofit that really kept uh, kids like me, that looked like me out of the streets, you know, mm-hmm. kept us occupied with basketball camps, uh, volunteering. And I was in, my mom had worked there. And so she got us pretty much involved in there. So every activity, after school programs, I mean, stuff really geared towards inner city youth because if they're not doing stuff as productive, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, they follow those statistics of black men, giving them the wrong thing. Right. You give a kid idle time, he's going to do some mischief, especially okay. in a community that is where everybody else is doing it. So yeah, I got involved and I kept involved um, as I got older because I understood the foundation that um, nonprofits really like do for inner cities because had I not heard somebody talk about college or talk about engineering, I would have never sparked an interest, you know, for technology. And from that, um, that foundation as a kid and those impressions, I went to doctor's camp, I went to tennis camp, I went through the Christmas, uh, baseball camp, like I kept myself around college people that Mm were the kids volunteering and I saw the impact it made in my life and I think I've turned out pretty okay. <laughs> I definitely want to uh, give that back, especially with the national NABA, which is the National Association of Black Accountants. I work for an accounting firm. I do the software for them. But okay. we mentor college students. Um, I got a lot of one-on-ones with different interns this year. Had about maybe 10 interns under me. Mm. You know, just motivating them, showing them the other side of accounting for its technology. But yeah, a reason why I do it now and try to stay with nonprofits uh, is just the foundation. You got to help somebody. And I feel like you find success, you got to give it back. Absolutely. Yeah. Number one. So quick question, um, because you said that you work in the diversity and inclusion. So uh, how how are you assisting? Because by you being in tech is really uh, interesting because there's a push presently for Black uh, youth and our young people and just pivoting into the technology world. So how do you position yourself to help be a uh, lobbyist for that, if, if you may? As far as black in tech? Right. Yeah, uh, best way I position myself is um, the communication part of reaching out. So my company, I'm privileged to work for a company that has you know great, in, great intentions as uh, far as their mm-hmm. DNA initiative, as far as you know, we had a transparency report uh, to show the numbers. My company's pretty big. It's 5,000 plus employees, we're a global company. And we saw how we lacked in technology. And in my field, there's not a lot of people who look like me I work with. But through my 10 years being there, we have increased due to uh, on-campus uh, recruiting. So a lot of times firms like mine, you know, they go to Purdue, Notre Dame, uh, IU, right? And they're wondering why they're not seeing different faces. The main things I brought up was, well, we're going to the wrong places. If you go to the same place, you're going to get the same results. So we help partner with HBCUs. So I've been to Howard University, Florida A&M, just to show them, like, yo, there's some black folk that work from some of these other firms. You know what I mean? So it's just really the initiative to find talent uh, is the biggest, hardest part sometimes. And it gets intimidating in the recruiting process when they see only a white recruiter or a white engineer. They're like... Uh, let me see if I can find something else. But yeah, just put myself out there to volunteer for my company. Um, well, I mean, I am compensated for my dual role, uh, but it's but it's still I will raise my hand anytime they ask me to, just to show another person, a minority, like yo, I look like you, and you can do the same thing I'm doing. So, 
course, of course. Yeah, excellent. Um, my question for you is, I grew up in South Bend and um, my people told me that they saw you running a race up there the other day. So, <laughs> <laughs> what happened and how'd you end up doing that? Let me tell you something, man. That, that was the hardest race I haven't run in my life. I've been, man, uh, I, I like fitness, man. Um, because during the pandemic, man, I, I gained some weight, right? We all did. <laughs> so I kind of went on a little fitness journey, and um, I was like 250, man. And I got down to, I think, 205 in like a matter of like five months. And um, yeah, it was always a goal of mine to run the Spartan. I would see some fit people do it, and I'm like, you know what? Let me give it a try. And I gave it a try. And let me tell you something. That was tough. I mean, keep <laughs> going up the Notre Dame stairs, going down, and 15 minutes in, I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I? Reevaluating your life <laughs> instantaneously. You couldn't quit. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And you look around, it's 3,000 people that, yeah. that ran, maybe 200 of us. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, what am I doing? It's like, <laughs> with you man yeah. but man you know what is that that environment though is so encouraging because everybody is like happy encouraging you come on let's push let's push and uh when i got done with that i would say that was one of the biggest accomplishments man that uh you feel good getting that medal and yes. listen and the next day i wore that medal just for people to say just like hey look at this that's <laughs> right i did it you can do it where's the chain <laughs> come on, man come on man <laughs> Well, well, we're proud of you, man. That, that was a nice accomplishment. Right, that is. I hear it's tough. <laughs> so I want to get into to this uh, the announcement for the Pacers. How did that come about? Because you seem like you're a busy man. How did you have time to do this? And just what happened? Man, that's, um, yeah, that is the, the, that's the question. How do I have time to do it? Yeah. But, it, so man, uh, it's so crazy. I, um, this is the story how I got it. Let's just go there first. All right. Uh, I've always wanted to be in broadcasting. I wanted to be, I love announcing. I've done it before for high schoolers, smaller level conferences. Um, I've done voiceover work, but you know, I've always wanted to be on a bigger stage, right? And I was playing golf. This is last September. And my buddy, one of my best friends, and we're playing golf over there at Eagle Creek. Mm -hmm. And he tells me, yo, Pacers have a position. I said, what? He said, the PA announcer. I said, okay. I said, send me the link. I'll, I'll, I'll audition. He never sends me the link, so I mm -hmm. forgot about it. It's the last day that the, the audition is due. So I click on it and lift it up, and it was due that night. I said, you know what? Should I do it? It was kind of a hesitation, like, man, they ain't going to pick me anyway. Yeah. And then something just told me, like, just try it. And I said, all right, let me, let me, let me give it a try. So, man, I give it a try. I record myself. I get the background music going, like a crowd, and I just threw the whole thing out. And submitted it on a Friday. Yeah. And, you know, once you submit it, they send you an email and say, hey, uh, you'll find out if you're a top four candidate by that next Friday. I'm like, cool. They ain't gonna pick me anyway, so, but it is what it is. Because stuff like this is just random, man. It's mm -hmm. just, it's just random. So, man, I um, submit a video. I wait. We go to, we're about to head to Disney World that following Sunday. So, we play golf one more time that Saturday before we leave to go to Disney World. My buddy, He's bringing his kids and family with us to Disney World. So that Saturday, he says, yo, you hear anything yesterday? I said, nah, didn't hear nothing. Man, I'm on hole number three, right? Hole three, it's par four. Look at my phone, going through, some said, check your spam email. I check my spam email. I have the VP 
of operations. Uh, I have the marketing director, the Pacers. I have one of the uh, other operation lead trying to get a hold of me mm. somehow through email. Yo, we need you to submit your second audition, your top four. And I looked at it and I said, whoa, what? <laughs> so I sent email, I apologized with spam. I left, went home, recorded the second audition video. And man, so we left to go to Disney World. They said they'll let the winner know the next week. So Monday, went Disney World, Tuesday, didn't hear nothing, Wednesday, Thursday. We get to Friday, I'm like, man, they probably chose somebody else, man. Mm -hmm. I said, what it is. Man, we're at the party. I see a 317 number that I don't know. I'm looking, I'm like, I said, hold up. I said, uh, this is Troy. Hey, this is Dean with the Indiana Pacers. Man, I screamed and dropped the phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you knew what that meant. <laughs> yo, yo. So I think I said, my bad, man. I said, uh, what's up? We'll let you know uh, that uh, we have selected you to be the new PA announcer wow. for the Indiana Pacers. And man, let me tell you something, man. I, I lost it, man. I, I lost it. As a Indiana born and raised, mm -hmm. Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal, like fan of the game. Yes. You're telling me that I'm going to be the voice of Indiana basketball. I said it. I said this is unbelievable. <laughs> I, and, and it was uh, it was it was surreal. It was in everybody's reaction that finally like, what? How? Because you got to think about it. Out of the millions of fans, maybe billions, there's only 31 PA announcers oh. for the NBA in the world, and yeah. I'm like one of 31. That's Man, crazy. That is. <laughs> hey, you should play the Powerball too. Yeah, those kind of numbers going. You should have played the I Mega Millions yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you said you were a, definitely a Pacers fan prior to going in, right? So, oh, absolutely. Die hard. But the Pepper family, we love the Pacers, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just it's a dream come true, man. Like I will say this, man. My my first time walking into the arena, you know, you go through the bottom, you get your little badge, take your pictures. You know, everybody's looking like they know what they're doing, and I'm looking around like you know what I mean like I've never had that <laughs> but man you go into the locker room and I remember my first game preseason I make a wrong turn and I oh. go up in Miles turn I'm like oh I said hey what's up man he's hey what's up I said how you get to the court he said oh follow me so my first game I'm following Miles turn I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm walking in man you get on the court man I had goosebumps man just like Cause I was, and I'm like, you done gave me access? Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you, you get to shoot around too when you want to? Well, you know what? It was my first season, right? You want to play it cool. You know what okay. I mean? You want to, yeah. black folk, we get a little access. We go a little. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> Be out there suited up in the game. Like, oh, up, like, trying to get the real feel. <laughs> No, you get to, I mean, you walk on the court, there's, I mean, I can walk on the court anytime uh, as far as pregame and walk into the center of court, see them warm up, man. I have TikTok I have that I kind of show behind the scenes of what I, what, what it looks like for a PA mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And, uh, man, you get to know the players and it's, it's pretty amazing, man. It's pretty amazing. So you get to talk to like all the players there and stuff or you just kind of stay in your area? No, you get to talk to anybody. So when you go in, it's really a family environment now that I know everybody. But even my first couple of games, I, ca I caught that off. Like, for example, like I pregame, usually I get there about two hours before the game. 
talk to, talk to the producers, go through our script. It's not just announcing intros, but it's an actual whole operation. Mm. There's a headset in my ear, the whole game, and you're hearing a million voices while you're trying to announce the game. Wow. It's not just, you know, here's your starting vibe. It's, it's not just that. It's, uh, you gotta go through advertisements you gotta read. There's regulations that a PA announcer has to read every game. You know, it's like a disclaimer, no walking on the court. You hear me announce stuff. Mm. So my voice is through the whole entire thing. Yeah. And there's always stuff happening. If a celebrity comes uh, courtside, Troy, we're going to announce uh, one of the coach players. Read this. Then I'll say, hey, please, we have the running back for the Indianapolis coach. Like, it's always adjustments. And then it's just, I just never knew how much advertising and all that stuff is in it. It is a lot. It's not just, I thought it was just intros. Yeah. Some, it's the three. Three. Yeah. Man, it's Man. a whole. You do it all. Oh man, it's like I was like first couple games, I'm like, yo, this is a little too much. But eventually, you start getting your wheels going. Mm -hmm. It's just you do the whole thing. You don't have another backup announcer. It's just you. Well, there's two people. Well, we have two announcers. So the games that I cannot do, we have another announcer that does it. I mean, but at the game, it's just one person doing all that. Yeah, far as the PA stuff, correct. Yeah. That is wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Jeez. Man, I would say this: the hardest thing is doing. I did the whole Big Ten tournament, basketball tournament. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and it, and it was. Let me tell you, I had no voice afterwards. Mm -hmm. It literally was in five days. No, sorry, three days, like fourteen games. Mm -hmm. And you talking about? Well, I couldn't even talk the last day. Like, <laughs> boy. And then the hardest part to me, I say the most difficult part for a PA announcer, well, you got to practice to be good at it, is pronunciations. Yes. I mean, NBA is more foreign now. So yeah. there are games where usually I, I look at our schedule to see, you know, who's coming. And I have to practice the day before. Like, I mm -hmm. go about an hour just going through these names, like practicing them. Yeah. Is and it's you, no longer Chris Johnson, Curtis <laughs> Jackson. None, yeah. none of those. <laughs> yeah, some days gone. Killer. All right. <laughs> Luther Washington. Nope, none of that. <laughs> yeah, as a lot of American name. I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But no, it takes it takes work. It's it's a lot of work, and but the perks of it, man, is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to get access and you know, a company events. You know, you meeting players. It, it's pretty cool, man. It, it's, it's a pretty cool gig. Sounds I could like do it. it. I would do it. <laughs> so, how did you get the job with the Big Ten? Is that just being under that umbrella of being under man, being under the umbrella? Because um, we hosted it at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, a third mm -hmm. patient. Yeah. And um, my boss was like, "Troy, you want to?" I said, "Yeah." Big Ten reached out, and and it's crazy. Like when people hear you, it's kind of a word of mouth. It's so hard to get in sports. It's very. Hard. I've been trying to work for sports forever, like on the IT side. It's just tough. And it's really who you know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I when I say this was the luckiest thing, hey, I don't believe luck. It was blessing. Blessing from God. Favor. Uh, but it's really who you know. And Big Ten had hurt me. And they, they said they wanted me. And I said, mm -hmm. cool. And then I got another call. Uh, you and you guys know Tamika catching this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was okay. going to ask you the next question. You seen the fever shirt on. I was about to start asking you something. Oh, we can segue there. Can segue. <laughs> <laughs> can segue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got you. <laughs> well, no, with the, the WNBA, 
So Tamika Ketchins, I had did a project with her um, for a episode for, you ever heard of Blippy? It's a kid's guy. He's yeah. a, mm-hmm. yeah, so he, the the episode was called Blippy Plays Basketball. <laughs> so my boss for the Pacers calls me, say, can you come in and help record this episode? They need a PA announcer. I said, yeah. So Tamika Ketchins is there. They record a whole episode. I announced her and Blippy or whatever. And um, it was a pretty cool experience. And she heard me and she's like, did you just do the Pacers? I was like, yeah, I just do the Pacers. And then she said, are you doing the fever? I said, um, I said, I don't know. I said, if they want me to. She was like, okay. So because <laughs> of Topeka, they were like, okay. Cause we have, we have a guy who does it. He's, he's, he's cool. He's a good, Sean's a great guy. He does a great job. But they were like, you know what? Let's add some flavor to it. And so boom. And then they, I've been doing their games all season. Uh, yeah, just, just win it all wow. around, man. And here's the way. Okay, so we've been playing uh, the last three games because the renovations going on at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So we played at the uh, Indiana State Fairground, and then we played at Butler. We're playing at Butler right now. Yeah. We're using the okay. Butler Bulldogs facility to play the WNBA games, and so they're looking for a PA announcer. And lo and behold, who do they email? There you go. <laughs> he in there now. I said, Come on. Hey, I'm going on tour, showing my, showing off my beautiful voice to everyone. Oh man! Okay. Yeah, because hey, yeah, he's on his thing. So you can go and you know, tell him where you can, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a blessing, man. And uh, especially with the voiceover work, you know, you get more calls now. They find out that you're, you know, Indiana Pacers, Big Ten. So you're kind of showing you're a professional. And that's a resume builder, of course. Yeah, Absolutely. big resume builder. So speaking of voiceovers, um, what what type of projects have you worked on being a voiceover? Or or is it, has it just strictly been PA work? No, it's been voiceover stuff. So I've done stuff for, through the Big Ten. Um, I've done Big Ten, I did a Big Ten commercial. I've done uh, spots for Gatorade. I've done um, some Navy stuff. We did some Army stuff. Um, Pacers commercial stuff. Uh, and then I've done stuff for the G uh, M- That's another thing I do too, uh, the G League, uh, NBA G League. I do their analytics, actually. Hmm. Uh, the Fort Wayne, okay. that's what the, the name of the team is called. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, it's really, the Pacers thing has really opened some doors. And recently I got an email from, uh, you know, the game NBA 2K? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they reached out, and what they do is they include their PA announcers in the games. So I'm going to be not on this one, but the next one that comes out, they start production in like October. So they'll fly me out to LA uh, to voiceover 2K. That that is dope right there. Now you're Man, forever uh, on, yeah. on a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can walk in place and throw that game down. Bow. <laughs> you know me. Resume. You know me. <laughs> Keep a mic All of with you, you guys, the gamers. Yeah, they know him. <laughs> All yeah. the gamers know you. So yeah. now you pivoted from just basketball phenoms who want to be present at the game to the metaverse, basically, because now you're part of the, the video gaming system. And, right. and now when people want to have a drink of Gatorade, they hear your voice. You know, so now you're basically people's conscience. Like, should I be healthy or should I just right, grab yeah. a beer? No, be a Gatorade. It's great. Mm-hmm. I like built that. I like how you built that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it sounds. You're building. You're building. That's the. I mean, I think that's amazing, especially saying that you're coming from. You know, the industry you came in is IT. You're like, 
coming, you know, coming from a networking standpoint, an engineering standpoint, to pivot into something totally outside of what, you know, maybe a lifelong dream, but totally outside of what your nine to five is. Yeah, it's, it's even in my coworkers, they're just like, what? Like when I first told them, like, how, why, what, what, when do you do this? Like, I said, cause you know, you, you had coworkers and sometimes your coworkers are not your friend. They're just your work, you know? Exactly. You know, the whole like, show on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Cause they, well, I'm not going to get into that. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> I want to ask you something else. <laughs> now I, um, I, you know, everybody got their own team, but let me ask you, are, are the Pacers going to win a chip this year? That's all I need to know. Man, let me tell you something. No, we're not. Uh, we, we are in the rebuilding. We are the rebuilding process. And I like the young talent that we traded for midseason. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Buddy Hill, he's on the trade block. We might yep. trade him. But we'll see. But I like Tyrese Halliburton. And I like Chris Duarte as our young staples. Even Isaiah Jackson. You know, I, I think he's going to be, his upside is very high. But I think led by Tyrese, Miles Turner, he might not be here. I right. Mean, I'm thinking he's going to go to somewhere. Yeah. I think he's expiring contract and he's already voiced. You know, he, he, he said he was going to He's good. I like him, man. He's coming. Yeah. He said he said during the season, last season, he felt like, you know, Pacers don't see him as anything else but a glorified role player. And I quote. So he's kind of. Hey. didn't hear that. Yeah. So he might. He I might mean. We'll see, but I don't think we're gonna. I give us a a fighting chance for a play-in tournament this year um, to get in at least AC possibly, depending on who make another trade. But um, you know, I like. Uh, we'll see. I said we'll see. I like the. Do rookie. you think we could? Do you think we need another Ron Artest type of swag, type of energy to kind of shake things up? They got that. They got that. Benedict said. I don't think so. Come on with your fist, or, or, or. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends on how you would like to take that question. I, I mean, I, I'll leave it to you for interpretation. <laughs> I, I think what we need is, um, I think the rookie we do have is, I think he's going to be an all-star one year. I think he's uh, Ben Matherin is a rookie we drafted six overall from Arizona, six um, six can shoot the ball. He shot almost forty percent from three. 47% on the floor uh, in college. And then in the summer league, I mean, he was dropping 25, 24 easy. And I, he got a little, he got some, he got some dog, you know, swagger. And I think he's the perfect pick for us. Um, so I think we're about two, three years out from really seeing a, a decent playoff team. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Tyrese Halliburton, he, uh, he's so young, so talented. See what he does these next few years, but yeah, I'm I, ready to see. I'm excited for him. I really am. I really yeah. Am. And he's a nice kid. I mean, he makes me feel old. I'm like every time he sees me, hey, how you doing, sir? I'm like, dude, stop. Like, no. Just, I'm only a couple years older than you, brother. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Early thirties, man. Come down, brother. But he's twenty years old. It's funny. Like, yeah, they're getting younger and younger. Million. Man, just think, Million. we're the old heads now. So yep. that's that's the crazy part. Uh, I don't like all- thinking that. Part. I was asking about uh, Benedict. Uh, he's still there, right? Y'all didn't get rid of him? Uh, you want Ben Mather? Benedict Mather? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the rookie. That's the rookie we drafted. Okay, yeah, because he was he was calling out LeBron. And I know, I was, I know you said a post about poking a bear before. Yeah. Uh, he, is that, is, 
Everybody goes for the LBJ though. Yeah, you, you know LeBron the, is the, the is the is the, is the, is the yeah, hey, come out like that. Hey, you know the game is different. These young bucks yeah, be poking true. at whoever. You yeah. know, if there's no OG, what is it called? OG status where you got respect for the elders. Yeah. Nah, the, the young folks is coming at you like they don't care how old you are, how seasoned or how respected you are. They coming for coming for blood. That's, That's what he's doing. That's not good. That's not good, guys. Not That's at not all. Good. Not at all. It's, n- it's not good. It should, oh. but unfortunately, a lot of these young players are like that. And I've noticed it even yeah. younger in college and high school from the teams that I've coached. They are cutthroat. And I'm like, I would never clutch yeah, it, my pearls. But yeah, they are. The sad part is LeBron's probably going to drop 50 or, or 40 on that oh. kid. When, oh, yeah. Like, he's, Listen, man, I seen LeBron in person. Like, so for example, I'm the biggest Pacer fan in the world, but my favorite player. Ooh, be careful. <laughs> He's mine too. Yeah. And look, man, when I so he we played them, you know, a couple days before uh uh Thanksgiving, right? And so I've never been this close to LeBron. Like I've paid for some good seats to see him play through the years, but you know, I got off my you know regular job. I got off a little early. I said, uh, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go to the stadium a little early today. What you go early and, for? <laughs> I, and that's the funny thing you say that. So my boss, Dean, I get to the uh, scores table, walk on the court. He say, What you doing early? I said, Oh man, I was close by. I'll just go ahead and uh, you know just come by there and just you know see you know, everything's good. You need anything? <laughs> so look, man. I get there early. I see Westbrook walk right past him. Uh, see Rondo. See Dwight Howard was on the team at the time. And I said, "All right, this is the day. I'm gonna say hi to LeBron." I said, "This is the day. This is, I've been a fan forever, man." With so the I get Pacer up, gear on. Pacer gear on, right? Like, look, I go to the the back of the you know where the locker rooms for the visitors are. Mm-hmm. So I go through the tunnel, and I said, "I'm gonna walk by a couple times, see if I see him." I didn't think the first time that I would turn he'll be coming towards my way. And I was on my phone, so I just look up. I see this man, six foot eight, 260, do-rag, flip-flops, Laker gear on. He's coming towards me. I kid you not. My armpit starts sweating. <laughs> <My> <laughs> make this up. My heart starts my Because you see a man on TV all the time, highlights, but to see the actual person, yeah, this is huge. And like I said to myself, Troy, you have to say something. He's coming close, seven feet, five feet. I said, hey, what's up, man? LeBron says, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I didn't expect him to ask questions. My response was, uh, okay. I couldn't even get it. I said, oh, my goodness, I said, yeah. You could have had a seven-minute conversation. Right. And you show <laughs> then his announcer, just his LeBron's hype man. Hmm. Man, he walked man. past me. I didn't think he'll say something back. And that was the crazy part. But man, is this, I'll tell my kids, I play with them, tell my grandchildren, we uh, play one on one. And then, right, uh, right. <laughs> the legend will go on. It will go on. Man, man, I was the only one that broke his ankle. That's what yeah. I mean. yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been close to him. I saw him at a couple of the games. Is he like really that big? And is he like, is he like massive or just? No, he's. I mean, he's. I mean, he has to be two sixty five. He's massive, man. And that play, we we sold out that night. 
we sold out. And that was he had just got off the suspension for hitting that one player two Ooh. games prior in Detroit. Yeah. And so he wanted to make a statement. Oh, and here's oh, the worst thing. This, this is the worst thing I can experience. As a Pacer fan, I wanted us to win that game. The lady to my right, courtside, some rich mm. lady, mm. she was yapping the whole game. And the third quarter, LeBron responds and says, oh. okay. He says, don't poke the bear. <laughs> and I'm saying, don't poke the bear. Damn. And I'm and my you know boss, what that meant. My boss said, oh, God, he's about to go off. Man, he dropped like 18 in the third quarter. He, I mean, he dropped like 30 in the second half. It was crazy. But, and right when he hit the game winner, the dagger in overtime, he looks at that woman and says, I told you so. And on my Twitter, I actually got a recording of him saying, I told you so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, these players, you keep poking at them. I mean, it's when you're courtside, bro, you hear a lot of different things you wouldn't hear. A lot of uh, I know that's right. A lot yeah. of players talking crazy, John at the refs, mm-hmm. coaches like coaches acting crazy. It's it's crazy down there, but it's yeah. it's a, it's a different game down there. It's very fast, very fast. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, why does uh, Indiana hate LeBron so much? I would go to the games back in the days, and they'd have when he was with Miami to beat the Heat thing, Boomer dropping out the. Uh, that's the mascot for the Pacers, but he come out the ceiling with the thing, and they was like, I mean, they hated that man. Then Frank Vogel goes to be his coach. I was like, okay, good job, man. I mean, as a Pacer fan, that was you know that was the last time we had you know good team uh, with Paul George, Roy Hilbert, David West, uh, Lance doing his Lance thing, Chris George Hill. I mean, those three years we went to the you know Eastern Conference. Uh, finals what two years in a row yep. and we 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 pushed the heat man we could have won it but yeah. lebron i mean y'all the number one seed a couple times yeah we was number to last year we had was number one seed and you know that was a year i'm like okay we, we could do this like we got a team best defense in the league uh we got shooters paul george arrived into who he was and man it's unfortunate man we just couldn't I mean, if I'm gonna lose to anybody, okay. I'm a, I, I can take that. I can take that. But it, it was good times. So that was a uh, 2011, 12, 13. That was good years for the Pacers, man. Good years. So, who is, in your opinion, since you are a huge Pacers fan, who is your favorite Pacers? Now, are we talking all time? All time. All-time favorite Pacer player for Troy Pepper would be. I gotta go. See, most people say Reggie, right? But my favorite player would have to be Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. I felt Jo. I mean, I love his game. I love he was a power forward that could shoot, he could drive, he could dribble. I mean, he was an envy at the one point in time. He was an MVP player. He was like three, number three. Uh, he was one of the best players in the league because he was dominant. And I think we had some good runs until that, you know, Madison Palace. That was the year we was going to win the championship to me. And okay. have y'all seen the uh, Madison Palace? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a, I, I will always be a diehard Pistons fan. Go Detroit. Oh, you know, I got to go. But anyway. <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to talk about I'm out of here. <laughs> so I was saying, and she's working. I'm like, why is she working when I say, you know what? I'm done. 
I'm done, man. I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> how she gonna sneak that in there? I, I, I gotta stir it up a little bit. Stir it up there. a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you're a Detroit fan. I apologize for that. Uh, uh, sorry to hear that. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> they, I'm gonna let you have that. They had a few you're, good yeah. players. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I was a Bulls fan back in the days, and they did some bad things. So, uh, But they, they had talent. I give them that, but they, they were aggressive. Yeah, it was aggressive. Even the years they of the mouths of the palace, you know, oh, Ben yeah. Wallace, everything. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah, Pistons definitely had some good basketball. But now, Jesus, they're, they're terrible. Uh, no, yeah, yeah go, I don't know what they got cycle. going on there. Yeah. We 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 don't talk about the present. We, we okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like that's in the ambiance of the past. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> bring up the old greats here. Do you guys think the Pacers uh, uh, would have changed their whole? I guess uh, plight if they would have kept quiet, you think things could have been different or? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question because that would have been that would to me because George Hill, you know, he was established point guard through the Popovich system of Spurs, right? That's who traded him for. And you know, we when you draft a young player, especially in the mid rounds, he was drafted mid mid round first yeah. round. Yeah, you no. Know, you don't think they'll be fat. You know what I mean? You, you couldn't have you could have told me on draft night, Kawhi Leonard would be one of the best perimeter defenders, one of the best, you know, basketball players in this 2010 plus era. You would you wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed that. Right. And George Hill at the time didn't even reach his prime. And George Hill did great years with us. Great year. Yeah. But I don't think you would have called it. But if Kawhi would have if we would have kept him, man, that would have been I don't know. That would have been nice. Yeah. Him yeah, and Paul yeah. 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 He was like a diamond in a rough. Yeah. A definite diamond in a rough. Kind of like even green. still, if you, yeah, yep, yep, yep. If you look at him, you're like, eh, he's subpar. But then when he comes on the floor, you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have underestimated that guy. I shouldn't have. No. I should have put more pressure on him, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think you guys would have had a great run in Quad State. Yeah, I think yeah, if we you guys tra- would have been contenders for a longer, longer period. Absolutely. But we we had no idea. George, yeah, we wanted to win now. And you know, we were good enough to win it. It's just there's a man by the name of LeBron James that <laughs> went yeah. to Miami. So yeah, what, yeah. Can you, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this That's question. True. Yeah. It seems like the Pacers don't really want to spend money in my opinion I could be wrong I'm not in the operation but it seemed like they don't want to spend money but if if Waddell Stephen Curry was to end up here could we win with just him added to the team Curry here's my imaginary mic there you go <laughs> so, in, in, right now as of August 1st 2022 if we got Stephen Curry yep on our current roster yep because you know he's a superstar he get what 50 million a year Nah, we, we wouldn't win. I think we will make playoffs. Here's the thing about Stephen Curry. I tell you right. I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. Not even debate. But when it comes to if you was to throw him on any team, mm-hmm. will they win a championship? It depends on what the team's constructed of. Because right. he has, you know, Draymond Green is the the, the bulldog. Yeah, he runs the offense. Stephen Curry's not a point guard. He's a uh, he's a shooting guard. I mean, I always tell you like he's a shooting. He don't run an offense. And you got Clay. Golden State has a great roster. If you put on him on Indiana right now, nah, maybe seven seed, maybe. Now here's the other question: 
if you gave us Giannis Antetokounmpo, now he can make a contender out of us because yes. he doesn't. Yeah. Now put LeBron on the Pacers. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, he does everything. <laughs> Stephen Curry to me is a specialist. He's a three point specialist. Yeah, that can dribble, drive. But to me, he's not. You got to build around him a very unique. And that's why I always applaud the Warriors organization. They know how to put the right pieces, and they draft the right pieces too. So, right. But yeah. and he, but Curry, that's box office man. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what I say. I, I don't. I'm not a Curry fan. I think he's a great shooter, but. Michael Jordan says something. He said, uh, Michael Jordan plays on both ends of the court. And I never yes, forgot that. I never forgot that. So, I mean, people yep. love Curry. I'm like, 50 million a year? Well, you got to think. You got to think. Now the young kids, they don't care about defense. And defense is really the pivotal point of basketball. A lot of people don't understand that, though. You got to be a basketball fan to understand that. And but offense is what is the is is the glamorous aspect of basketball, as opposed to you get your points because of defense. Right. So, and you know, but that's another story we can analyze on that all day. What <laughs> do is shoot, shoot three. That's it. Shoot mm-hmm. three. Yeah. But I would say the NBA has changed. The defense is not as great. To me, I always tell people this for defense in the NBA because the scores you know, every score now. 150 to you know 130 you know what I mean it's a high scoring game but I say this it all changes in the playoffs and I say this you can play decent defense from quarter one through three mm-hmm. but it really comes down to fourth quarter defense yep. if you can, that's when you lock in and yep. regular season is fun to watch but to me like you saw this is one of the most exciting playoffs I've seen in years it was down to fourth quarter running your strategy on defense and you see how they did Jason Taylor? They locked him up. Yeah, Go yep. they normally do that. Lock down the best player. Yeah, they locked him up. He couldn't do nothing in that series. Yep. Let me ask you this question: That good old boxing one. When yep. uh, when Milwaukee won that championship, do you think that was a fluke, or because so many people got hurt, or was just Milwaukee just destined to win that thing that year? No, they was gonna win that year. They was the best team in the NBA, and I tell people this, you know. I get a lot of flap. You know, I've been on a couple podcasts, caused some controversy, but I tell people <laughs> this. If Milwaukee, Chris Middleton, which is the second best player on Milwaukee, if he doesn't get injured in the playoffs this year, Milwaukee would have beat Golden State Warriors. Mm. Not even close. Because they, one thing about the Warriors, because Boston could have beat them if Tatum was more mature, but he's not arrived yet. I think he's still a young superstar. Yeah. He's not there yet. I agree. I just believe that in they in Boston show they can play defense. They were they it was tough for Golden State. But if Milwaukee, my God, if they had Middleton, they would have beat Boston. Because remember, Boston took the Bucks seven games this year. Mm-hmm. And you know, Giannis dropped 50 and still lost. But he only can do so much, you know, right. without his yeah. Yeah. he's backhand, but he needs his Robin. But I think Milwaukee would have won this year. I think that team is they constructed a great team. And I think Drew Holiday, Garden Steph Curry, which he does the best job at. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, you can't stop him, man. There's nothing you can do. Uh, he really only got one move. He comes down 100 miles an hour, do a spin move, and <laughs> go for but, it. And it still works every time, though. All you <laughs> need is one move. That's all you need. You can get that in front drop of hook, it doesn't matter. Get in front of Ain't him. nobody getting in front of the bulldozer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I don't want to get in front of them, so I know plenty of the players don't want to. Nah, I'm telling you. 
He's <laughs> like I walk when I announce him, like you see it on TV. But man, when you see these dudes like in person, like I was watching the Pacers. We I mean, there was literally nothing physically we could do. Like it, I was like, he dropped like 40 on. I'm like, how? Yeah. It's like, he's just brute force. Yeah. And he doesn't fuck. He's a juggernaut. Oh, man, he's a, he's a freak. That's why he's a Greek freak. That's what that's Yeah, yeah. And you know, him and his brothers have all got chips already. That's that's crazy. That's, crazy. that's just unbelievable. And from his background, the way I was wondering why he was so loyal to Milwaukee, but they went and got him when he wouldn't even think about basketball and groomed yep. this dude. <laughs> so he's loyal. So I, I doubt he'll ever leave unless they want him to. I love his I story. Think Giannis is a monster from Space Jam. You know, he to might this be. day. He might I be. think he's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I love his story. I he love is definitely character. not nothing. Yeah, yeah. He, I like I like y'all. He's funny too, but I love how them boys take care of their mama. They Man, take they sure do. Respect to that. Here's a question that comes up a lot: uh, LeBron or MJ? I know they're two different eras, but what what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, he about to get me in trouble, man. You about to? <laughs> now, he, he, I'm gonna say this is this is the approach I tell you. Now, the the era of basketball of which Michael Jordan played, compared to the era of basketball LeBron plays, is two different eras. When I say eras, I'm talking about even the rules and regulations. See, in Jordan's day, you know, they could hand check. There's more physicality allowed. LeBron, there's no hand check. You got to play real defense. You got to really beat the person to the spot. And MJ, you know, people want to argue the championship six for six. And then they say, well, LeBron lost in the final. He only has four out of what, nine or whatever. Damn. But to me, overall, when you look at points, assists, rebounds, steals. <laughs> you start looking at strictly stats, I mean, LeBron surpasses in almost everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, controversy! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jay Bay, what, what you think about that? You need, you need background music now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, through the statistical point of view, and you got to put in longevity. LeBron is a freak of nature to do what he does to average 30 points at year 19 last year. Mm-hmm. We take it for granted of how crazy that is. Oh, yeah. In year 19, there was nobody. I believe the highest average is 14 points a game for a superstar. LeBron, I don't I don't know. He was made in the laboratory. But to <laughs> me, out of MJ, like, I always lean towards LeBron. But I always say 1A, 1B. Either way. To me, as long as you got Michael and LeBron in your top two, you know basketball. That's you all know I gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see, we friends. I got you. I, 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 I agree I, with him too. I, yeah, I, I agree with that too. We here. We here. Okay. Hey, I just be try to lift one up and bash the other one. I just can't do it. I don't either. I, I don't. Really, I respect both of their greatnesses. I think that LeBron, um, he didn't have some of the luxuries that MJ had, in my opinion. He didn't have a Phil Jackson. He didn't have a Scottie Pippen. He didn't have right. an assistant team. He didn't even have a father growing up. So, I mean, <laughs> a lot of things he didn't have. And for him to make it that far, I'm just amazed that he was able to do that. And so he over Yeah. He so over- we could go into statistics with Pippen and how he was very pivotal to the Bulls, but he didn't get the flowers like Jordan did and no. all that stuff. But that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Yeah, they did him dirty. They you gave know. him a bad contract that he should have yeah. renegotiated. I they, think. Yeah, they gave him like he was off the street 
streets to seats type thing. And he it, took it know, though. It wasn't he good. signed that though. Oh yeah, he did. It was his desperately, agent. but his talent agent. proved agent. that he should have gotten. His agent was trashed. It really was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. trash can punch. Really. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, Troy, what what player do we need right now? Who are we missing? Well, what's the one player that we can get in to, to move us up faster to get a chip here? Westbrook. Uh, let me see. The one player. See, the one player I always was saying earlier in the summer was DeAndre Aiden, center from the uh, who yeah. we yeah. the all, but they matched it and took him. Um, yeah, real to, quick, real quick. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even. That was the worst hour of my life. You know, yeah. The Pacers don't do that. We don't spend money like that. Usually, we try to go through. We're always a middle level team. Be in the middle of the draft, we draft mid player. We just stay average. And this was the way our management was like. Let's be. Let's shoot for the stars. Land on the cloud. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that was the player I thought would be perfect for us. Uh, right now, based on availability, I think we just go through the rebuilding process. I think we just, you know, I think we're going to make some trades as far as to get some more draft picks for next year's draft. Because honestly, with our roster now, I don't think we're a great team. Uh, I don't even think we're, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. We're one piece away. But to me, when I say piece, I mean development. I think we have a player here. I think Chris Duarte, Tyrese, uh, uh, and our rookie, we have a core. And I think we got to, just like we, I say this, just like the um, Warriors were patient with their core and built it out and look how long it lasted. We got to do the same. Yeah, we can't buy a team. You know what I mean? We're not, superstars don't come to Indiana, period. So we're going to build it the old school way like Golden State did. And it's it's a four-year plan, man. It's a five-year plan. I'm patient, too. I'm patient. Yeah, I heard they they might try to get a uh, green from uh, the Warriors here. I heard that's a possibility, but because he wants, I more doubt money. it though. You don't think so? I doubt. I doubt he leaves though. I don't think anyone's going to give him. He's kind of in the same position Ben Wallace was when he got traded from the Pistons. In my opinion, I feel like that would be the worst decision just because you're being greedy, trying to get more where you yeah. are eating pretty good where you are. You know what I'm saying? I think I don't think Draymond is going to leave. I think he think he's, he's more important than Steph, so I, that's probably why he won more money. He runs the offense. True, but leave, no. leave and see how important you are. It's somewhere else. <laughs> Let, let's do that. You're right. <laughs> I would say Draymond, you know, without Draymond, that 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 clock don't, don't work. That that system don't work. He exactly. So, mm-hmm. That's I what he's saying. How pivotal Draymond Green is for Golden State Warriors success. He is the, the heart, and he runs. He's a point guard, really. Yeah. <laughs> Offense. Yeah, it goes and to him. When he was injured, their record went down. Yeah, then you Steph know? mysteriously got hurt. Just yeah, it plays. I don't think he's a hundred million dollars worth at this age of his career. But that's funny. He's. I just was shocked. He said, "I want a hundred over a hundred million." Nah, not this point. I think you gotta tell him to leave and see what happens. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't. I hate trying to press the button, but. And I love Draymond. I love his vigor. I love, he gives me bad boys, mm-hmm. in a sense. He gives me 88 Pistons, nah, you know, slightly dirty. You know what I'm saying? You know funny? But you it's know good funny? basketball at the same at the same time. And you know what's funny? Like, um, it's just crazy. So I know, so one of my good friends, one of my, one of my best friends, he's, uh, he's a stylist. So he works, 
T Styles, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green, quite a few uh, uh, NBA uh, players. And um, his uh, company's called Up Next. It's Up Next, the styling company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, every year I go to LA, hang out with him. And uh, so I, he's really good friends with Draymond because he, he helps, you know, dress him. So I met Draymond. And, you know, when I met him, I actually like sat next to him on the couch, we watched the TV, like chilling. And when I met Draymond, I'm expecting the Draymond, me and you were talking about that grit that, mm-hmm. man, he's the most, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, good, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, just chill. Chill, chill yeah. I guess, you know, when you Those think about- Those usually be the monsters, the sleeping bears. That's usually the most, most of the time. That's yeah, and if I was to punch him, he probably would have, you know, it. up on me. But he, he, he's a very calm, yeah. easy, I have some headphones he gave me, that was like a couple years ago, and I still have them to this day. And I was like, he's, he's just a cool dude. I've met yeah. him maybe twice. And he's one of them dudes that's just chill. I can believe chill. that. That's dope. I, I think he's just playing his role on, on TV. Yeah, when when you have referees, you, you can do all kind of stuff. But in real life, you know you know what to do. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, you gotta be a role anyway on the on the floor. You gotta intimidate the other team. There we at, go. And by any means necessary. Any yeah, means. If that's flopping, if that's pushing, yeah. you know. Right, whatever it takes. All right, well, let's move into our uh, second section of this show before we wrap it up. It's called uh, Getting to Know Your Rapid Fire. Just going to shoot a few questions for us. At you, and you just tell us what you think. First question is, what was Disney World like when you went there, and did any of the characters ignore your kids? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. I'm just asking. Uh, I got to ask. <laughs> so what was it like? Okay, first part of your question. Uh, it was hot. It was expensive. Mm. But man, the memories were priceless. It, it, Disney does everything big, and I enjoyed it. And no, every single one somehow got my my daughter got their attention. Okay, I don't know if it was their dad yelling to say "Yo," I was the one yelling. Uh, yeah, but yeah, every single one got my yeah, yeah. They didn't know. Disclaimer: we, we will we will share this on the shade room so everyone can see the counter that little black babies are still being seen. Oh yeah, they hyped that up. By, by, by Disney, okay? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, they said, we know that voice. Isn't that the Pacers voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to make sure we see him. We got to make sure him. both of you. <laughs> but I wasn't the Pacers voice yet. Not yet, until the next day. <laughs> oh, well, we they, knew they it knew. was about to be him. They knew. It was they about knew. to be him. All right, uh, next question is, how did having kids change your life? And did you think you could love somebody as much as you love your kids? Man... That's a good question. When I say change everything, you wouldn't know what it does for me. There's so many ways you can take this question, but it changed my, um, I've always been an ambitious, you know, motivated guy. But with kids, it amplified that to wanna get and obtain a certain career level, financial level that I can pass down. So every day, you know, it's like a, it's a motor. And when I take them to school and leave them, it's one of them, it's always in my head, like, why am I doing it? Because mm-hmm. at first, when it was me, just me and my wife, we, you know, we got married, we didn't have kids like five years later. We traveled, traveled a lot and, you know, we right. did us, worked on our careers, got promoted. And that was just for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. But to have that little person be your engine yeah. and then same one that gets on your nerves when they don't listen, <laughs> but they tell you, Daddy, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, where did you learn to say? 
You know she what I mean? got the tear of glory hitting down your cheek. Oh, man. My Come daughter on. said the other week, she says, Daddy, you're doing a great job. You know what? Man, I had to turn around. And, man, I was having a bad day. Yeah, and, yeah. And I said, yo, what in the world? It, it changed everything. It made me soft. I tell you, I got two little girls. Man. Mm-hmm. Two little yeah. angels. Yes. So, yep. I'm with you. I got two girls, too. That's why I asked you that question. Oh, uh, you know, man. It's all. Yeah. Oh, I never thought, I just never knew that type of love. You know, I just like, hey, so then you have to be like, man, you'll do anything for oh, them kids, man. I'm a crybaby. I do anything. They spoil your child. I... Oh, man, it's crazy. I I, I, yeah. I hate love at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I act like I'm hard, but I'm definitely not. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm soft. They made me. I cry on movies that <laughs> like, be right over now. <laughs> be watching Moana like, why did, Mo- why did Mo- <laughs> we do that? What happened? <laughs> All right. Um, next question is: Now you said you went through that weight loss. How did you have that motivation to get it off, and how are you keeping it off? Man, the best thing I did—the motivation was so the pandemic hit, and you know, I was gaining weight. Just I was traveling off my job, consulting, and man, I just started gaining weight. And then the pandemic hit in March 2020, and then March 2020 to April. I gained like 10 pounds, even more. And I had bent over to tie my shoe. Mm-hmm. And I was out of breath. Ooh. <laughs> and I said, nice. I said, you know what? I got I was like two, almost 260. I said, all right, I got changed. And I saw my buddy, my best friend, he lives in LA. He was posting on his Instagram story of him in a Zoom session with a trainer. Cause you know, he was doing online Zoom session, fitness stuff during that time. And I said, what are you doing? He said, you want to join it? So I joined it, met with the trainer online, and then I had a whole plan for like 60 days. And we would meet up on Zoom three days a week. And then I just stayed, it was accountability. Mm-hmm. The, that group of six people held me accountable and I held them accountable. And we just all lost week together. And then it just, you know, you do something, what, 30 days in a row, 21 days becomes a habit. Right. It was for me and just, I kept working out. I kept running, I kept lifting weights. and. Eventually, you just you just love it. Like I love lifting weights. I love like I love doing like hit work. It's just I don't know what it is. It's a love because you know you're making your body. You want to look a certain way in a polo or a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And man, it was the greatest decision ever. But what keeps me going is just I want to fit my shirts that I bought and I want to waste money. There you go. <laughs> Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Uh, JB, you work out too, don't you? You're a fitness person. Um, I do. I do a little something-something in the gym from time to time. I go. love it. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So it's, it, it really becomes just when I'm stressed, I go work out feels better. If I, you know, if I want to just blow, you know, it, it's almost like how people go pray and meditate and things in it. That's my meditation time. That's my time to myself. You know, being a parent like we all are, that's, that's something that, you know, you want at least 30 minutes to yourself so that you can kind of recalibrate so you're not taking right. your frustration on your kid or you know yeah. or your spouse or your parents or whoever so it, yeah it definitely takes it it changes your life it definitely does absolutely okay perfect so That's come on perfect. war join us uh, come on I, I, i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it i, I have a affair with the twinkie so i'm gonna have to think about this so. oh, i'll bring <laughs> you to the gym with you you can do curls with it like Nettie <laughs> professor 
all right. I seen the pictures of Troy. I said, man, he really did this. And he's like, wow, most time that stuff takes years. He's like, it was a couple months. I was like, man, man it'll real. That's that determination right there. He was determined. Yeah, yeah. I was doing it's two that. It's years because you start curling the wrong thing. Yeah, Twinkies and Snickers start calling your name. That's You're what right. happens. You're right. And it's and it's <laughs> easy to do it. It is so easy to do it. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, next question. I got two questions for you left. Uh, if you could have uh, coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Any historical figure have coffee with? Or high dead, or, dead or alive? Hmm. I would have to go. That is a tough question. I would have to go probably Barack Obama. Mm, okay. I feel like I would have an interesting conversation with that man. Mm. Uh, just how that whole process of him, you know, being the president, his insight, even the stuff he's doing outside of, you know, his yeah. office, uh, some of the investments he's made and some of the stuff he's in. I think that will be, I'm a very inquisitive guy outside yeah. of office of what I do now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that would be a great conversation, man. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. I didn't think about that. That is that would be a good one. Yeah, that's a good network too. You know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great question. contact. Oh yeah. How did you meet your wife? So I met my wife in high school, but we didn't date in high school. Hmm. So she and me, I knew her through the same mutual people, um, and then you know we was always cool friends, good friends. And then uh, she went off to college to Anderson University. You know, I stayed local here, yep. IEP. And I saw her at a church convention. You know, it was a church service or something, some conference. And the first time I saw wow, and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then we eventually went on another day. And that was like 2011 or 12. Then, well, don't don't get in trouble now, please don't get in trouble. Lord. Hold on, okay. Yeah, I got, I got. Hold on, I got to think of it. 2012 August, and okay. then we were official. We were talking that whole year. Oh, okay. We were official August 2012, and man, I'm, I've got proposed. I proposed to her that following May, and we mm-hmm. got married that October. Like, yeah, oh, we dated for May, oh. and then that was it. But the great decision I've made in my life. I can tell. I can tell. When you ask somebody about how they met, they smile. They like it. That's how you know. That's how you know. There's the first ever love. And that glow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, uh, What is your favorite TV show or something you binge watch? Ooh, that's so. I mean, I I got two two answers. Go ahead. My favorite TV show of all time is Martin. My favorite. Okay. Uh, so right now, what I'm binging right now, one of the greatest things I've binged, I got three answers, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, and then I would say right now, have y'all seen Term- Terminalist on Prime? No, I see that one. Oh, Check it out. That's on the list, so I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> when I Hold say on, two episodes, you're like, yo, hooked. Check it All out, right. man. Okay. So let me know watch it. Terminalist. Oh. Check it out, please. Okay, I, I can tell you, it's a good one. I feel your energy. I, I, list. Not, I, I know TV and I know okay. show. I ain't gonna steer you wrong. All right, <laughs> it's a good one. It's good. All right. Uh, my last question on this round is: uh, Can you use your announcer voice and introduce the What's Up Award podcast? Let's see how you do it. 
Give us, give us your best Troy Pepper. No, is it? Uh, you said say the name again one more time. What's up with Ward? What's up with Ward? What's up with Ward? Now welcome to the greatest podcast of all time. Oh, what's up with Ward? That's the best I can do. Right there you go. <laughs> That'll get your job. That'll do it. <laughs> uh, did, did you have any, <laughs> You had any questions for him, JJ? Before you uh, wrap it up. No, I don't actually. Um, but I de- I want to say thank you for letting us take the t- time with you and giving us some great tidbits on your career path and your love. Your what is it? Ten years? Is well, happy anniversary. I want you to tell wifey happy anniversary. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel um, you know honored that we did this on your tenth you know tenth year dating anniversary. We gotta yeah. make sure we get the date right because we don't need wifey being upset about it, right? <laughs> But yeah, I, you got. I'm all good, Ward. What about you? Uh, I think I'm good. I just wanted him to also tell us uh, where our listeners can find him on uh, social media. Where, where can they find you? At? Absolutely. So you can find me um, at Troy Pepper underscore. Once you drop, once you type in Troy Pepper, you'll, you'll find me. I'm on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. I post on there, and then uh, check my TikTok out. It's at Troy Pepper. Uh, I post inside stuff on how. A PA announcer looks in NBA and some behind the scenes player stuff interactions. Uh, but yeah, check me out, man. Look, you guys are doing an awesome job. I enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully, I was good enough where I can be invited back again. Uh, but you guys got something going here, man. And uh, love listening. <laughs> and uh, we'll listen to this day, man. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close Thank the show out with, uh, with a reference from one of my favorite coaches, John Wooden. And he was basically talking about how everybody's a leader to somebody else. And he was exemplifying the depths of character that we ultimately speak uh, louder than our reputation. So basically he said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is who you really are while your reputation is merely what others think of you. So again, thank you for joining our show today, Troy. On behalf of Jay Bay and myself, peace. Deuces, man. Later.